Welcome back. We are glad you have chosen to join us for the conclusion of Pastor Tim's message from Luke chapter 7, 11 through 16. Faith in the face of the impossible. The presence of God makes all the difference in the world. His presence brings peace. His presence brings power. His presence brings purpose, even to those seemingly impossible circumstances. And so we, his people, face that with faith in the Almighty and one true living God. Here's Pastor Tim. You get to see the power of God on great display. But again, the natural man and spiritual man are going to see it very differently. Skip down, if you will, to verse number 14. In verse number 14, the Bible says, Then he came and he touched the open coffin, and those who carried him stood still. <laughs> All right, let me just tell you. This is what the natural man sees. The natural man sees offense. He sees an offense. For, for us, if you encounter a, a, a funeral procession, you know, I mean, you see it, they got the lights that are flashing, they got the policeman that's out in front of them, whatever. You see the hearse, you see all that stuff, you know. What are you supposed to do? Supposed to do? You're supposed to pull over, right? We stop for the funeral. We don't stop the, fu- <laughs> we don't stop the funeral. You don't pull your car out in front of the hearse and just stop and say, hey, everybody stop, I just want you to know you got my condolences. Nobody, not one person, I guarantee you, not one person that family is going to appreciate that, Okay? Jesus stops the whole procession, and here's the worst part. He touches the open coffin. According to your Old Testament, that means that he is now unclean. And you think, you think quarantine in 2020 and 2021 is bad. Imagine this, this unclean, get away from me. Everybody get away from Jesus. He just touched the open coffin. We don't want anything to do with him. Don't touch me now. As he touches him, what the natural man sees is an offense. He sees, first of all, the social offense that he stopped the funeral. Then he sees, then they see this ceremonial offense that Jesus has touched the open coffin. Jesus' actions now make him defiled. And then what they see or what they hear is an auditory offense. What is that? He says, young man, I say to you, arise. They look at that and say there hadn't been no more useless words that's ever been spoken than that. You know? No, no more. No more useless words than that. He's dead. He's not, he's not going to get up. He's not going to arise. Jesus, what are, you, what are you doing? I mean, first you tell the mama to stop crying, and now what are you doing? Are you trying to build up her hopes? What are you doing telling this guy to get up? And yet when you get to verse number 15, that's exactly what happens. You know? Look at verse 15. He who was dead sat up and began to speak. Jesus didn't even tell him to do that. <laughs> Jesus just told him to arise. He arose. And now he's speaking. You know one of the reasons I think he's doing that? You know, at, least, at least this helps us in our day because we seem now to be consumed with, with zombies and apocalypse. It's in a zombie that sits up in the casket. He is lucid. He is healthy. He is speaking. 
this man who was dead is now really alive. So whereas the natural man sees an offense, the spiritual man sees omnipotence. He sees that there is nothing that is too hard for God. There is nothing that is impossible with Him. Maybe they talked about that at Sunday school. Maybe the preacher talked about that sometime. But now they get to see it with their very own eyes that with Jesus there is nothing that is impossible. I mean, for sure it took them by surprise when Jesus turned the water into wine. For sure it took them by surprise when Jesus put his hands on a sick person and made them well. For sure the day before, it, it shocked them to see that Jesus is able, he doesn't even have to touch the guy, he doesn't have to be around the guy, just speaks from a distance off and he's healed. <laughs> now the guy gets up from the dead. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Hello? No? No, nothing is too hard for the Lord. So whatever it is that you're going through is not too difficult for Him. Whatever you face is not too hard for Him. Maybe you pray, maybe it is unprompted grace. But don't you want to see the power of God on display around you and in your life? I do. I want to see God do what only God can do. I'm tired of simply the results that I get from my own manipulation. I'm tired of the results that I get only from my own efforts. I'm tired of the results that I get simply from trying to, trying to, trying to put, a, put a happy face on her, cheer it or uh, bolster it, uplift it. Man, I want to see what God can do. I want to see what God can do in our church. I want to see what God can do in your family. I want to see what God can do in your life. Faith relies upon God's power to do that. I'll give you a third statement today. Faith rejoices in God's presence. In God's presence. Well, they, didn't, they didn't know, did they? Here comes the, here comes the funeral procession. Here comes this other crowd led by Jesus. I don't know if it's that immovable force and unstoppable, whatever that thing is. You know, I don't know. Somebody, are they going to play chicken? How's, how's this going to work in the road? You know, and they just come upon each other. They have no idea that they're in the presence of God. They have no idea what God's going to do that day. Let me take you back for just a minute. Why did Jesus tell that mama not to weep? I mean, it's okay to cry at a funeral, isn't it? It's okay to cry, period, really. Why did he tell her not to weep? Because Jesus was in anticipation of what he himself was going to do. He knows what's coming. And he knows that the way the day started is not the way that the day is going to end. It may have started out with weeping, but it's going to end in rejoicing. You know, tonight in, uh, in Los Angeles, people are going to go nuts. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. That's just the best way I know to say it. They, they're just going to go crazy, you know? And I don't know whoever is working the lights up there must be pulling for somebody because I noticed we had orange lights this morning. Just saying, you know. <laughs> people are going to go crazy. Tonight. 
Can you imagine the scene that day when the guy set up? Now, maybe the mom is speechless, you know. Jesus has to present him to her, here's your boy, back, you know. Maybe she's speechless, but nobody else is. Nobody else is. Look at verse 16. It says, fear came upon them all. Well, I guess so, you know. Reverential, awful, awesome fear. That's theirs. I mean, they're... They're astounded. They're shocked. A dead guy just set up. I, w- I would be in, in fear too. I'd be a part of the all, right? So everybody shares in that. Doesn't matter whether you're a believer or an unbeliever. You see a dead guy get up, <gasps> you know, they're amazed. But it's in their responses that you see a difference. The natural man seeks an explanation. They seek it. They see a miracle. I mean, they know that it's happened. I mean, in, in this particular case here, a dead guy sits up. I mean, something's happened, right? How do you explain it? So they're looking for all kinds of explanations. Maybe they would use the same kind of explanation that they tried to use on Jesus when he was dead, buried, and then raised from the dead. Oh, he didn't really die. You know, I mean, Jesus just swooned on the cross. I mean, he, he, he passed out and his blood pressure got down so low. There's no, no pulse that could kind of register. They just assumed he was dead. Put him in that cave where it was, it was a little bit damp. It's, you know, it's a little bit better off in there, away from the elements. And he just kind of revived. He just rejuvenated in there. No, Jesus was dead. Dead, 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 no matter how you slice it. And by the way, this guy's not in a damp cave anywhere, is he? (laughs) He's in the hot middle of the street in an open casket. He stinketh by this point, right? So whatever explanation that they're looking for, how are they going to try to spin this? It just doesn't work, you know? I mean... Whatever it is that's going on in your life, I mean, when you know, and you know that God has worked, sometimes you just can't explain that to anybody. When you try, you try to tell them these things, sometimes they just don't, they just don't see it. It just doesn't register. The reason is, is that they have no faith. This is the natural man who has to live by sight. That's all he's got. It's all he can rely on. But when you talk to a spiritual man, a spiritual man who understands the nature and the power of God, things are very, very different. In fact, look at these two statements when it says that this is how they said things. They glorified God and this is what they said. So first of all, the first statement is, a great prophet has risen up among us. What kind of a stupid thing to say. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't say that, but there you go. That's, that is not the response I want to see right here in the scriptures. But here's that's that's the crowd. I mean, they look, man, a great prophet has risen up among us. Listen, it's not that they're completely wrong. Jesus is a great prophet. They just don't go far enough. Listen, Muslims believe that Jesus existed. Muslims believe that Jesus is a great prophet. Muslims believe that Jesus is a good teacher. But I'm telling you this, 
if it doesn't go farther than that, then it doesn't even go that far. Let me tell you what I mean. If Jesus is a good teacher, and only a good teacher, then he's not a good teacher. So why would you say that? Because Jesus claimed to be God. He claimed to be something greater than a prophet, greater than a teacher. And if he's not God, and he claimed to be God, what good teacher lies to their students? You say, Tim, you're taking that too far. You know, you can't say that Jesus was lying. Okay, then if he's not lying, then he's just mistaken, right? Well, then who wants a teacher that doesn't know? If he's a good teacher for what he has taught, then he is the infinite God-man. And if he is not the infinite God-man, then he is not a good teacher and he is not a great prophet. Jesus is God. The only way that your salvation works is if he is God. If he's not God, then he's got to die for his own sins and he's not qualified to die for yours. He is. They're in the presence of God. Some of them, however, see it. Look at what they say at the very end. God has visited his people. So whereas the natural man is looking for an explanation, the spiritual man is just seeking exaltation. They just want to exalt God. They want to, they want to honor him. They want to praise Him. They want to worship Him. They have seen God at work and they have seen God's very presence. What are they to do except to bow down before Him? What are they to do except to offer Him worship? What are they to do except to exalt Him and to be able to say God has visited His people? God is here. That's the connection. That's the connection that faith makes that the natural man never makes. You look at the circumstances in your life, good, bad, ugly, whatever the circumstances are, and you can say, I see God. I see God at work. The natural man sees those very same things happening, and he sees nothing. You know? Two astronauts that went into space, and one of them looked and said, I looked everywhere, and I didn't see God anywhere. The other astronaut said, I went into space, and I looked for God, and I saw Him everywhere. You know, we walk by faith and not by sight, and we love those unprompted instances of grace. Let's pray. Maybe you face a situation that you would deem worse than improbable. It is impossible. What are you going to do with that? What do you do with that? Do you trust the Lord? Try this prayer on for size today. Lord, I trust you. That's it. That's all I got. Lord, I trust you. No matter what's going on by sight, by faith, 
I trust you. Can you tell him that today? God, I trust you. See how he might work. Some of you may need to say, God, I trust you to be my Savior. I want to ask you to forgive me of my sins, to cleanse me, and to make me right again. Come into my heart and save me. Maybe, maybe you want to say today, God, I trust you for the circumstances that you've given me in my life. Maybe it's my health, maybe it's my job, maybe it's my friends, maybe whatever it is. God, I trust you. Teach me what you want me to learn. Help me to be a testimony to others who will go through the very same thing. Maybe there is something that you struggle with. Maybe it's what the writer of Hebrews referred to as a, as a besetting sin. Those things that so easily get us off track. Maybe you say, God, I trust you. I don't trust myself. I don't trust my willpower. I don't trust another program. I trust you for deliverance. Maybe you look at where your, where your church membership is or where your church service is or, or, or some of those kind of things. You just say, Lord, I trust you. I trust you to lead me. I trust you to open doors that you want me to go through. I trust you to close and to lock doors that you don't want me to go through. Here's my life. Use it. Listen, whatever you need to do today, I want to give you that opportunity to do it publicly. Come to me, say, Tim, I, this, is, this is what I need. This is what I prayed. I'll help you. Maybe you want to come to the altar. Maybe it's you by yourself. Maybe it's you with a friend. And you just spend some time talking to the Lord. Whatever you need to do today, let's do it knowing that there is nothing that you can ask that is impossible for him. Dear Jesus, I trust you. I trust you in these moments. I trust you with these dear people. I pray that you'd have your way in these minutes. Send your sweet Holy Spirit to move us as we need to. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Stand with me where you are. If you need to come, please come on. This year at Britt David, we would like to challenge you to share the love of Christ with those you come into contact with each day. Remember, he who wins souls is wise. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is church office at BrittDavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Britt David Podcast.